Hey guys, Connie here from the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. I'm coming to you from the Lawson Playroom. It is a mess and so am I, but I am so glad to be with you on this Friday morning and I'm glad that you're here with me to talk about encouraging things that only the Lord can do. Today we're going to talk about how we don't have to try. We are safe and secure with our position in Christ as believers, and we are going to relish in that today. I am so glad you're here. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy the little person coming in and howling. (laughs) And do share this podcast with all your family and friends. I am so glad you're here. Let's get this party rolling. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to share some truths with you that I have been learning from this book. It's written by Miles J. Stanford, and it's called The Complete Green Letters. In this book, the back of it um, says, Not I, but Christ. That brief phrase reflects our complete dependency on Jesus for everything that the Christian life is about. From right standing with God to spiritual growth, to personal well-being, to practical service. In four words, it captures the essence and the sweep of the complete green letters. The language of the complete green letters may have a classic flavor, but the remarkable insight and spiritual penetration are thoroughly and refreshingly contemporary. Drawing from the spiritual heritage of the Keswick Convention, these beloved writings by Miles J. Stanford comment powerfully on the true nature of spirituality. Here in one volume, in logical order, and then it lists these different books he's written, The Green Letters, The Principle of of Position, The Ground of Growth, The Reckoning That Counts, and Abide Above. This book is life-changing and I want to share with you today a few things that I've been learning. I'm, I love that the chapters are short. They're deep, but they're easy to understand. So chapter five is called preparation. And this is what the first sentence says, the first little paragraph. Once we know his eternal plan and purpose for us, his meaning God, plus his method of preparation and process to that end, there is rest and confidence. Now, it so happens that God's basic ingredient for growth is need. Without personal needs, we would never come anywhere in our Christian life. The reason our Father creates and allows need in our life is to turn us from all that is outside of Christ, centering us on Him alone, not I, but Christ. So what I want to tell you from this little paragraph that is so powerfully packed with spiritual truth. In the first sentence, it says, once we know his eternal plan and purpose for us, plus his method of preparation and process to that end, there is rest and confidence. There is rest and confidence, not in having answers about the future and not in understanding why certain things happened in the past. There is rest and confidence in knowing God. Knowing God is key. Not knowing about things that happen to us. While sometimes we do get answers for why certain things happened or um, why certain things were allowed, that is of the very least importance to our spiritual life, to our growth, and to the ultimate 
uh, driving force that gives us rest and confidence. Those two things are things that every person, saved or unsaved, desires to have. And those two things, true rest and true confidence, elude us. And why do they elude us? Because we look for them in the wrong places. Rest and confidence never come from outward knowledge about why things happened or an understanding of the ins and outs and the intricacies of our lives. It comes only from knowing God. Knowing God produces rest and confidence. And if you have rest, then you have a place to land. You have security. You have peace. And if you have confidence, then you have security, you have faith, you have an absolute anchor that cannot be swayed anymore. And if you think of the ramifications for that, what does that mean if you were to have those two true ingredients within your spiritual faith walk? What would that do for you? And I'm not talking about feelings-based security, feelings-based confidence, or feelings-based rest. I am talking about the all-encompassing, consuming, completed rest and confidence in who God is. If God could immediately become to you who he claims to be in scripture, what changes would that bring about in your life? Well, here's the thing that is available to you. It's available to me. And how do we do that? Well, it's not I, but Christ. We do it through the knowledge of Christ and through releasing this pent-up, tenacious desire to live our life in our own strength, by our own will, and for our own purposes. And that is way easier to say than it is to do. But that is what the Holy Spirit is preparing us to do in our daily walk when we are walking with Jesus. That's the thing is that's happening. And how does it happen? It happens through need. Need. God's basic ingredient for growth is need. I want to read you this last little run-on sentence here. It says, Jan Darby makes this doubly clear. Wisdom and philosophy never found out God. He makes himself known to us through our need. Necessity finds him out. I doubt much if we have ever learned anything solidly except what we have learned through need. Your needs are invaluable. Some time back, I was wrestling with the fact that I had the life that no one wanted. And what I mean by that, and I bet a lot of you can relate, a life that was so difficult. Just every direction I turned, suffering seemed to follow me. I never had enough. I never had enough uh, finances. I never had enough resources. I never had enough status. I never had enough emotional reserve to uh, act appropriately within uh, the situations of life. I never had security. I never had confidence. I never had peace. And then not only that, but just on top of, of all of the, the lacking internally to process life, I was broken. I was constantly subject to 
being in love with food, overeating. I was emotionally unstable and things always were going wrong. And I just remember crying different times in private saying, when people look at me, they see a life that's that's pitiful, that's broken, and that they're like, I'm so glad I don't have her life. Like, at least you don't have Connie's life. And, you know, there's, there's truth to that. Uh, we don't like to have need. But what I've been learning more and more is that the very fact that my life has been so broken and has been so hard, that's been the very factor, the very thing that's that's driven me to Christ. It's been the difficulty in my life has been the thing that has not given me another place to turn. If I would have suffered, but I would have been emotionally stable, I would have depended on my own wits. If I had suffered, but I had status and financial ability, I would have trusted in my status and money. Had I been thin and beautiful all throughout my suffering, I would have been able to trust in that. But the very fact that every direction that I turned, I had need, it kept bringing me to the only place that that any one of us can go, but it's often missed because there is still some way that we can provide for our own selves. So having a life, if you have a life where you feel like I'm poor, I'm pathetic, nothing works out, nothing goes right, I can't keep friends, all of the relationships I find myself in are broken, nothing I do seems to produce good results, I would challenge you to look at that through the lens of Christ. And that is the basic ingredient that he uses to produce growth in your Christian life. Without need, without the ability to have all of the other barriers removed, we as people, we as human beings, will never be fully submitted or sold out to God. It takes us realizing that we don't have what it takes. We are not able. And not only that we don't have what it takes and we're not able, but that we really suck any attempt to do this on our own. Having a life of need, having a life of brokenness as a gift. Having a life of need and having a life of brokenness is a gift. You can't know how to love God if you are never put in the position to truly experience your need for God. Loving God is birthed out of a need for him. These are powerful truths. And the thing is, is they're not easy. So it would be tempting to think, well, this isn't comforting. I don't want my life. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to see the fruits of what I feel like has been faithful service. And I just want to encourage you that 
the continuing of your having need, the continuing of your being in a position that makes you feel like you don't have the resources as a gift because it's there that you realize that you need Jesus. And not only do you realize that you need Jesus, but you get Jesus because when you realize that you need Jesus, he is available. But when he is colored and covered by all of our own abilities and our own sufficiency, you're not really getting Jesus. You are getting this sloppy seconds of what um, you can fit in with your own ability. It's, it's just not, don't settle. Just don't settle. Refuse to let your head hang down low. Refuse to look at your life as a life that's pitiful and pathetic and miserable, a life that no one wants. And look at your life in the true light, which is completely contradictory to what it appears to be. But if you have a life of need and a life of sorrow and a life of suffering, you have a life where God and his fullness is waiting and ready to come in and shine his light in you and through you. You have the ability to let go and to let God. Friend, a hard life is a good life. A hard life is a godly life. And don't let yourself believe the lie that it's not. The basic ingredient for growth is need. And if you have a life where all you find yourself, the only position you find yourself in is one of need and desperation, then rejoice because that is the place where God is there, open-armed, ready, to sweep you up off your feet and show you who he is. And when you know who God is, you're going to love him like crazy. And you're going to be able to serve from a place not of ignorance and not of pride and not of self-serving purpose, but a place of true love for Jesus, knowledge of who he is. And you're going to be bearing the impression of Christ, which is a powerful testimony. And that testimony creates the desire in others to have that same need to be able to experience the rest and confidence of Jesus in their life. I hope that this podcast blessed you and I hope that you will share it with your family and friends because I know that this is a message that needs to go out. So many of us are suffering. So many of us are in dire straits. And the thing is, is that is the best place to be for the grace of God to run rampant in your life and for your relationship with him to grow very deep. So I hope that you will pass this on, like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast on whatever platform you use, and be sure to reach out at can'tgetmedownwithyourbrown at gmail.com if you are in need of a speaker for your virtual or in-person event, because I am taking speaker inquiry emails and I would love to chat with you. Anyway, I hope you have a blessed week, blessed weekend. God be with you, friends. I'll see you next time.